Welcome to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I'm your host, Kevy. This week on the show, I have movie directors, comic book writers, Jen and Sylvia Soska. Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah. I saw him. Do you know on... who he is? Yeah, he's the amazing player. Yeah. Even I know. Well, Canadians created basketball after all, so yeah. I should know. <laughs> Great <laughs> Dr. James Naismith reference, Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. I love that he's he lacks social skills in a way that's so... Like, did you see what, after they won that game and then the other guy on the team tried to give him a fist bump and he looked at it and looked confused and then just pointed at the door and then just <laughs> awkwardly left? I love how athletes give interviews and how they are not trained as entertainers at all. They're just yeah. humans. And yeah. when you try and get them to be like an actor, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the, every hockey player speaks in the same one monotone. We like, play a good game. We play a good game. We got a lot of goals. We got a lot of goals. We could do a little bit more. We could have gone more. We could have got good, good cup goals. Yeah. Well, you sound like an auctioneer there. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Well, I wanted to be in the NHL, but they were like, you can't skate, but you can talk almost good enough. <laughs> and then they heard you talk and said, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. What? We're good. Hey, I think Don Cherry is losing his job. Maybe it's time. It's time! Well, you have the same wardrobe. I know. Uh, I always borrow them, my jackets from him. I don't know what really? I'm going to do now. I think I'm going to be like out in the cold. Well, I don't know. Actually, some of his jacket collection looks like some shoes I've seen you wear in the past. Yeah. Yeah, he matches them to Sylv's shoes. He always gets like her to send the photos of her shoes, and he's like... New blazer. <laughs> yeah. Now we don't know what we're going to do for hockey season, I guess. No. I was like, I got to dress more like Sylvia. God, um, he's retiring to do that full time now. He's just going purely just into fashion. Just purely Sylvia outfit? Yeah. He's going to be a full time Sylvia impersonator. <laughs> he's following his full -time, heart. Full time Sylvia? <laughs> he's pretty good. He's like a dead ringer for me already. I, I know. Yeah. I know. As, as a twin of her, you must feel oh, a yeah. little bit com competitive about it. Well, when I hear him ranting, I'm like, Sylvia? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's Don Cherry. <laughs> hey, so you guys got kicked off Twitter today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got kicked off Twitter because of <laughs> Masters Effects. It's their fault. Uh, Todd. Todd. Todd Masters. Damn you, Todd. Zane, Tara, Audrey, Steve. Yeah, we had some really great news that we're going to get our world premiere at the 20th Fright Fest, which gave us a huge push with of American Mary. Of which film? Rabid. Rabid. Cronenberg's uh, 1977 biological vampire outbreak classic re-envisioned by us. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. It's only Are the you the Cronenberg. first one to remake a Cronenberg? What makes me the most happy is I don't have to say I'm the first female director <laughs> to do it. I can just be a director. As I say, I don't wake up and like female take a pee. Well, I guess I female do take a pee, but I don't brush my female teeth. I don't put on my female pants. Should have started with the pee reference. Way. You totally lost them. I know. Them. I blew it. <laughs> They're like, wait, there is a female pee. She's a liar. Uh, that's like there's this... Uh, comedian Chelsea Peretti and she did this thing in her comedy special where she kept getting interrupted by the crowd like at one point she looks at the crowd and it's just dogs and there's a part where this uh, this comedian Moshe Kasher stands up he's like hey Chelsea you're one of my favorite female comedians and then sits back down why does that have to be brought up every time? Who cares? I hate it. I hate, I hate it, it because it, it for me it says 
you're the best of the women, but not quite there to be like a real director. It's like, good job. Oh. My favorite was that Jen, where Jen and I are still on up and coming lists with people who've never done a feature film before. Uh, on my set, some guy went over and was like, are you girls excited? Is this your first movie? I was like, this is my fifth feature film. And the guy just was like, oh, and I was like, no, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Par for the course. That's part. He's like, but you guys are just like in your 20s, right? I'm like. Thank you. It's the blood of virgins, but we've been directing 12 going on like 13 years now. Yeah. I'm like, I guess I am going to be an overnight sensation with Rabbit. Yeah. You know what's funny is I felt like you'd done more than five, but I guess because we've done so many shorts together also. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, 10 I still... years of women in horror blood drive PSA. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have blood, give it to people who need it. Yeah. Free shout out. Quit the ABCs it. of death too. I consider that a feature, but still only calls that 126th of a film. But I think it's, I also feel like it's black magic because that's where we met Brandon Cronenberg and he was in a pink toga and oh. I ripped out his heart and Jen put a crystal in it. Whoa. And then we remake a Cronenberg. Ah! <laughs> and the guy who directed it, Steve Kostansky, was the head uh, creature designer on our movie. It's just like, I, it's, it's meant it. to be. Black magic. So it's Steve's fault that we were banned on Twitter. Ah. Oh. You know what I don't understand is the same image has been reposted by so many other people. And after you guys. <laughs> I've never in my life seen the director of a movie get ah! taken off Twitter for sharing the images of their film festival. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous to me. I, well, I was going around being like, well, I was sharing our story. I was like, we're not made by a studio or a marketing campaign. We've been doing this. We've been putting our whole money, own money into this. We've been doing this for years. And I, I bet some studio was like, Fuck that noise. <laughs> no kidding. I watched, Fuck that noise. I watched my porn star friend Tommy Pistol like putting his fist inside someone and yeah. I'm like, good enough for Twitter. But I've seen so many dicks on Twitter. Oh, What's wrong with the dick from Rabid? Is no, that what did it? I, no, it was her mom. So in the movie, Laura Vandervoort, who plays Rose, has mm. a little bit of a motor motor vehicle accident. Okay. You'll have oh, as you do. The uh, cheek? Yeah. yeah she, she, it was the cheek thing. That's it? Yeah. yeah. But it was child's play. I mean, it was heavily influenced by Invisible Monsters, which if you've read yeah. that book, the girl loses her whole jaw. We yeah. were pretty freaking tame. I talked Sylv down from the whole jaw being really? gone and the tongue just hanging. I, you know me. There was a version of Rabbit that was nobody could watch it but Sylvia. I would have been super stoked. <laughs> Sylvia and, and Don like Terry. Yeah. me and Don Terry just like more gore, more gore. <laughs> Gaspar knows someone that's like, this is good. This is oh, good yeah. shit. <laughs> Lars von Troyer, if it wasn't a woman, it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> One time, because we've, we've all been friends for a really long time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love it. You're We're all best buddies. Yeah. Um, but I remember you two gave me a list of what I call soul puncher movies, and I watched them all in a few days. <laughs> and uh, changed me, I think. But Irreversible was my favorite. It's a beautifully done film. That's it's hard to say that it's an enjoyable film, mm -hmm. but I also say that was the best rape I've ever seen because it's the most realistic depiction. In the uh, underpass, back, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monica Bellucci. Someone sees it and then doesn't help. And oh yeah, and she only gets there because she saves another woman from being harassed. Oh, oh it's yeah. such a gut punch. The fact that it doesn't cut away. I love when they don't yeah. cut away because once you cut, you get the the audience can go, okay, we're yeah. good. So as soon as you see a wonder, you know a director's about to fuck with you somehow. Oh, that's such a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What an experimental but beautiful movie. And then one member of Daft Punk did the music. Wow, really? Yeah, but I love how much classical music was in it, too. Yeah, we, we do a lot of classical music, but we always have you on our soundtrack. I know. Like, since the very beginning, we since everything. Dead Hooker. It's, like, crazy. <laughs> so cool. uh, you've even designed, like, some of the best songs ever for movies that will never be released. Oh, my God! <laughs> do you remember Plastic? Because that... Yeah. 
I listened to those two songs, <laughs> yeah. Not Now, Later, and I was like, this is oh fucking amazing. Oh, my God. And, oh, my God. And even it's like... I, we're going to be writing books soon because yeah. I'm so tired of writing some of the most beautiful scripts ever that just get thrown in the garbage. That We're some like, producer yeah, looks like this. and says, you know what? I want something totally different. I'm like, but I spent like three weeks writing this for you. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's priorities, right? Because like, I, I think all of us are such workhorses. We're like, let's work, let's work, let's move yeah. ourselves ahead. And it's very little times that you spend on doing stuff for yourself because oh, you you're like, do. no, yeah, absolutely never. I don't never. know how to t- like take a night off. like for me like it's funny i realized taking a night off for me was i had a movie on and i was reading a book and i was working on another thing i'm like wow it's so relaxing yeah that's and that for you that is relaxing (laughs) because that's taking it down from the level that you're doing constantly right yeah Yeah, my day off is catching up on emails and watching something and babysitting my social media and posting about my interviews not twitter anymore Well, not Twitter anymore. <laughs> I keep going back on there. Like, are they gonna let me back in? Come what? on, please, sir. Like, what happened is just like they let they like forgive you in a week. Yeah, like, yeah it's like, like a naughty, naughty. Like they suspend you for a little while. It's not a ban. It's a suspension to straight up be like, we don't like what you're doing. Yeah. But it's weird because we did an interview on Fox News uh, yesterday because our friend Charles Robinson he had his horror movie collection stolen, oh, and so goodness. we're trying to do a horror movie version of It's a Wonderful Life. So everybody gives their <laughs> shit and gives it back, so he gets even more stuff yeah well the story uh blew blew a little surprise well we blew it because we said it because he's getting some stuff from rabbit as well that nobody else is gonna have except for us but then fox calls us this morning they're like uh where's your twitter we're trying to share the story (laughs) what and we're like no we're good girls like we've gone on that show we're good girls we just play one bad ones so it's todd's fault possibly steve's yeah maybe laura she wore it I don't know. I think I have a very strong uh, anti-pedophile stance on Twitter. Do you do? I do. You don't like that? I actually I hate it when kids get raped and hurt. I just, that's sorry, guys. That's my pet peeve. And uh, I don't at the care same- who in this room I offend. <laughs> I don't care who gets pissed <laughs> off. I'm saying over. it. <laughs> but I know I'm very outspoken about that sort of thing too. Like mm-hmm. Sylvan and I are the only ones that are like fuck Harvey Weinstein, fuck Brian Singer, and everyone's yeah, yeah. like, oh Harvey might come back. I might need a job. So nobody says anything so, so shocking to me well i mm. think i think yeah. a lot of the time it's uh people who get to a certain level in this industry they get to the harvey le- uh, level and they're not doing as bad things with harvey but they get like the nice things like the the big dinners the hot girls the whatever mm-hmm. me and jen we would have never been in that situation we were always the girls that would have been abused in that situation oh. so for us it triggers us and right. i worked with somebody who actually was at the brian singer parties and he can't talk about what happened to him because God. He can't talk about it. Yeah. I wasn't there, but yeah. my crew was there. My crew comes over and says things to me. Yeah. A grip can't say, hey, Brian Singer is bringing underage boys on his X-Men sets. We should do something about it. Yeah. But now I can say something about it because people are like, look at that big fucking mouthpiece. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> saying that. We should all get pissed off. Like, there's yeah, this yeah. great movie called An Open Secret that they actually get Brian Singer and his victims on camera. Admitting everything. It's abs- It's free. Gabe Hoffman paid for it. Uh, they blocked, every distributor blocked him. Every film festival blocked him. He's been one of the number one uh, proponents in getting him to not be working anymore in Hollywood. Yeah. Open Secret is free online. It's on Vimeo also because no distributor will touch it because they don't have the balls. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how hard it is for dudes to lose their jobs? Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> they just kind of get shuffled around. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as X-Men's like, okay, we better start separating ourselves. Red Sonya's like, 
Hmm. Are you free? Do you want to do a story about a sexual abuse survivor? Oh, Why? But you, you. But also, outrage is the number one marketing tool for oh, yeah. advertising so firms right now. I mean, just look at like the politics. I don't even know what people are angry about. Sometimes they're just so furious, and I'm like, yeah. did you did you research any of it? It's just no. like fuck this, fuck that, fuck everything. Yeah. If it's that, you can't have a conversation unless you're talking about fucking. Right, but don't do it on Twitter. <laughs> don't do it. On, well, it's like, I keep coming back to that. I'm outraged. I would, I'm outraged. I'm outraged. I'm I'm bummed. My trailer came out. I can't even talk about it on Twitter. And but, we were talking to every fan, retweeting, saying thank you, talking about our journey, and then it was like, oh, twins just fucked. Turn up. the faucet off. No more. This is the movie. So if you're looking for something to Twitter rage about, this is it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you say you don't uh, abuse anybody on your sets, but you did slit my throat once. So... You ah. fucking had it coming. Don't make me do it again, Kevy. I deserved it. You I was did. a creep in that short film. You bled out really well. You did. I, did. I, really I gargled. I died. You know what my dream is still? What? To direct a music video. I want for you. you to so badly. I think I actually can't. I think I have enough backing now that I could do something really fucking of fancy. Course you always could. But now it could be even more. Yeah. I wanted to have like stunts, be crazy. <laughs> Maybe we could set one of you guys on fire. Probably Tony. Well, he'd probably suggest that too. He'd be so chill about it. He was like, Yeah, I was on fire yesterday. Yeah, Took one on for fire. the team. I set myself on fire. Tony, no one asked you. <laughs> <laughs> I love your band. Thank you. You always have the greatest people around you. Like, Thank you. if I know someone comes from you, they're good. That's what's so funny, though, is that um, whenever you two make a new friend, I'm like, mm hmm. Oh, new friend. I'll see about this. And sometimes I'm like, Guys, mm -mm. you're absolutely right. Get rid of that one. I don't even need to need have to name new names, friends. but yeah. I even know who you're talking about. <laughs> I, I know who you're know. talking about because that person was a disaster, and I was like, no, they're so nice and innocent. They could, but everyone's so fucking nice to our face. Well, I just, yeah, everyone comes in with the sob story that matches our sob story. Oh, it was so hard for us to get here, yeah. and it's like. Well, I never went crying to anyone and say, help me. I was like, well, I put my sadness into my art, and mm. I made it my own, and I didn't say, you need to distribute my movie because I'm <laughs> sad, or you need to connect me to this actor because I had a hard life. I'm so stupid. I introduced uh, a chick to one of my high-profile friends, <laughs> and he tells me that she tried to come on to him, and he's married, and I'm just like... It makes what? you look bad. Makes like, me yeah. look You co-signed that We're decision. Like, did you send me a, a hooker disguised as a director? <laughs> and because... as, as an identical twin, I have fought that so, so... Like, everyone's like, oh, is this a threesome? No, it's a, it's actually a business meeting. That's all it is. Oh, and then God. you have when you have people like that around you, they're like, so twins, is that how you are? And Ugh. To be honest, that's the other part of Me Too that we aren't talking yeah. about. The women that just hoe themselves so far. Um, uh, yeah. We could... Well, you could talk about that in the music industry. I've seen people do crazy things to try and get ahead and mm. attach to people. Thankfully, I'm not in the music industry. Oh, I'm yeah. It's kind of you... peripheral. Sorry, Kevin. I always think film is garbage, but at least it's not as horrible as music. Like that, <laughs> nobody's even touching that for me, too, or any of that. There's songs yeah. about fucking underage kids, and everyone's so like, oh, true. shit, that's my favorite song. But I feel like it's complicated for you because. I can just make a song yeah. by myself yeah. and then just give it to my label. 
It's you have to hire so many strangers all the yep. time, and almost every time for you, something fucked up has happened. Yeah, it even happens in the crew. Like there is a production, I won't say which one it was, where one of the gentlemen became infatuated with Jen and me, and he kept mm-hmm. coming into our office never about anything we asked him to do for his department. Well, he came in there to stare at you. Yeah, stare at us, show us things in his house. He yeah. ended up leaving his wife and living in the car behind the studio, all of while I'm making ha- the movie. Because I was like. Hey, I asked so-and-so for this thing. Is this thing coming? Because I'm making a film and I require this thing that he's the person who does the thing of. Uh And they're like, oh, he's having a hard time. He's splitting up with his wife. He's been sleeping in his car in the parking lot. And I'm like, sounds like he has other priorities other than this job. He's like, uh, and I heard he's marrying you, actually. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear that a lot. How come you guys are such weirdo magnets? Uh... Actually, I have a theory. Yeah. I have a theory. I have and a Dino theory. Archie were talking about this actually. Yeah. Is that the things that you specialize in are all the things that the fan base uh, maybe sometimes are a little a little antisocial. Yeah. And then you two are so outgoing, polite, and friendly to everybody yeah. that they're like, n- uh, people have been bypassing them their whole lives, and then their heroes are nice to them. And yeah. they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to move right in then. Exactly. We're going to fuck. I can't tell you. how I've had fans that I've known for years, and then I'm like, oh, hey, it's so good to see you. And they move in to kiss me on the mouth. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> it's not un- That's why we have uh, beautiful security every time we make our public appearances. <laughs> and I have a Rottweiler that uh, don't come to my door unless... You have permission. Yeah, <laughs> fucking love your puppy. She loves you. You got yeah. in early. Yeah, you come in when the when she's still a puppy, and you get to be in the pack. You've been yeah. like grandfathered yeah. in, yeah. and now nobody else can come into the pack. She's not into it. Except yeah. that one time, she sat in my lap with a treat and then growled. It's like you sit, you sat in my lap. She because how she flirts. She was also <laughs> testing dominance because you were new, and she was like, "Do you want to take this disgusting piece of meat I've been sucking on?" And I, I kind of thought you did. Like you were like. That looks delicious. Is that sinew? Oh, that's so nice. I think that's from the butcher shop. I'm not picky. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's so. And and you you kind of specialize in having dangerous pets in a way, both of you. Oh. Yeah. Well, my I wouldn't say my corn snake or my ball python Conan are very. O'Brien. Yeah, Conan O'Brien and Cary Grant. Well, Jen, you still want to bring Conan to Conan? You can. That dream is still achievable. Yeah. yeah I actually got the snake before I realized uh, I knew nothing about snakes. I thought it would become like a Britney Spears stripper snake. Yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> that's, that's about it. And I named him Conan in a loving way because he's skinny, orange, and kind of stupid. Right. And I was like, love him. And I actually got him the day that he took over the Tonight Show. Oops. Wow. <laughs> Let's just say both our things didn't work out very well. But I always wanted him to meet his namesake. I mean, he's very cute. I'd love to have him like hold him up and be like, you know, Conan style. I think it's a realistic dream. I think so. It could happen. So, this Cronenberg thing, what's this deal? So uh, it's going to get its world premiere at the 20th annual Fright Fest. Rabbit it's going to be Rabbit is. It's yep. going to be closing it. They're actually flying Jennifer Me out. We're going to be there. We're going to be uh, hosting uh, the opening night. We're doing a bit of a roast. So exciting. Yeah, if you I'm don't excited. Like us, don't go to Fright Fest. Don't we fucking go to Fright Fest. We're all over, that, over shit. that shit. They're going to show the original Rabbit, which is really cool because there. I I know there's a lot of remakes that happen, but our Rabbit. There's not anything that happens in the original that doesn't happen in ours or is okay. influenced. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a cow in the first one. We couldn't get a cow into the hospital, but 
her friend brings her little plush cow as like oh, a, that's a, that's like so cool. it'll keep your eyes open because there's yeah. like and there's a steak scene yeah um <laughs> i think that and there's a, a film festival a fantasy film festival in germany is the other one that's announced uh this sucks because i'm muzzled i know everything that's happening with the movie i could tell you when the theatricals i can tell you everything but i can't i can tell you <laughs> about the movie though like yeah. uh there's some people already saying like, oh, yours is going to be better. If David didn't make a masterpiece, I'd have nothing to build on. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's. I, I hate it when people try to bait into which one's better. Yeah, it's yeah. different. Yeah. It's absolutely different. The yeah. two main things that are differences is David Cronenberg is a man, yeah. and he is heterosexual, okay. and that is how he makes his films. I mean, even mm. even when he did William Burroughs's Naked Lunch, mm. even though Burroughs is gay. It was heterosexual because I'm a heterosexual man. It's mm-hmm. my, he once described his films as this is my fantasy. And that makes sense. Why yeah. would I be making someone else's fantasy? That's my vision. Yeah. The other thing different between us and David is we're very spiritual. I believe in life everlasting, rebirth, mm-hmm. energy, demons, all sorts of that shit. He's very science-based. He's nihilistic. Yeah, he's very, like, he's a brilliant man. Mm-hmm. He studied entomology. Like, he, he knows so many other things other than us. Yeah. So you can put his film next to ours and you'll never see a better version of male gaze versus female gaze yeah. because it's practically the same story either told by a male point of view or told by a female point of view. Okay. In the first one, Rose didn't have a last name. No. She didn't have a career. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of had all this stuff happen to her and she's just such a victim of her circumstances. Right. And she had this love interest, a heart that, you know, fucked her up at the beginning, got her in a car accident. Then when she finally got, reconnects with him, he's like... Oh, you're a monster. And she's like, you did this to me. And then she kills herself. Holy so yeah. ours builds <clears throat> upon that. Yeah. It's a, I think ours is a sadder ending. But I because I, in the original, I she's thrown in the garbage. Oh, we want my favorite worse. thing about the ending <laughs> is then you're when you're as soon as it goes black and you, that beautiful song you wrote <laughs> kicks in. I we, even in sound playback when we were mixing, we would listen to the whole song. We're like, Can we use this? I'm like. Yeah, yeah, he wrote it for us. I did. I wrote lots of music just for the movie. Yeah, oh, so beautiful. Yeah. There's you lots of fake shark in there job. too. There That's the most music for a project I think I've like done thus far. Really? Uh-huh. Don't you think so? Like, I think so too. I think um, who was our Michael who came on our music guy? Yeah, yeah. He was fucking fantastic, yeah, and he was, you know, it was one of the only projects that I've been in that I've like, I have a friend, I've worked with him forever, and I was doing the cell I always do, and he's like. Yeah, great. I know Fake Shark. I love Kevy. He's great. And I was like, Well, you're wait. not going to fight me and debate me? And Oh, my God. And it's like, it's the person I've been working with for 11 years. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's still like when I'm like, I want Tristan to be in this movie. They're like, oh, I don't know. And oh, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think know. So? I don't know who else you can get to do Tristan stuff because yeah, it's yeah. not normal stuff that Tristan does. You're well, like, hmm, she was pretty iconic in American Mary. Absolutely. I don't know if we can have her in another movie. <gasps> And to be honest, one of our films isn't one of our films without your music. No, oh, uh, you've you. elevated it. Like Dead Hooker, no one would have watched that trash if it wasn't so cool. Talking? It was trash. Dead so entertaining. The only Thank sound you. that's good in that movie is yours. Oh Thank my you. god! Don't li- if you do sound, don't listen to that or American Mary. Sound is shit in both of them. But we've gotten good sound now. Oh, the sound! Mary, I love the music I did for that one. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. I love it. Was it. Beautiful. That was one of the greatest compliments ever. Is when you two were lovely enough to introduce me to Slash, and he was like, "You did the music for American Mary." 
I'm starstruck. I was like, wow, <laughs> thanks, Slash. He wasn't fucking with you I either. Know. Like, if anyone's like, why does a bitch know Slash? I want him to be my friend. Make a great movie and he'll yeah. probably do it. He sought us out after American Marion because he <laughs> thought the movie was so fucking great. I'm like, yeah. Slash the rock star? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, who? He's so passionate about yeah. um, cinema and, and the things he's He's such he's an into. artist. Like, he's yeah. a real fucking artist. Yeah. He's not fucked up with the money and all that yeah. shit. Like, he's always writing. The fact that he could just sit there and coast. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. Anything, yeah. but he's so creatively driven yeah he loves i it. love that and yeah. he's he's so humble like i remember when i introduced him to my parents and my dad started talking to him about his music and he, slash looks at me he's like you didn't tell me your father was a musician <laughs> and i look over and i'm like oh yeah I, and then they just go on and they just start talking about music my my it makes my dad so happy yeah, like and that's yeah. So no, never I, meet your heroes unless it's Slash. Da, never meet your heroes or change or, your hero to Slash. Or then David you'll be Cronenberg, happy. honestly. Meeting him was the thrill of a lifetime. Okay. So we really wanted David to be in the movie. Yeah. We wrote a part for him, which was Dr. Keloid, which was the original doctor from his version of Rabid. Um, what I heard from Mary Heron, because she was the one who, because she cast him, so I was like, and she knows me, so I was like, you have to put a good word into so David. Cool. But they were remaking The Fly. Ooh. Apparently, and they offered David a role, and apparently that's uh, amazing. And apparently, that didn't fly, and he was that, <laughs> that didn't, didn't fly. fly. Ah! So I couldn't get him. But what I did hear was the one thing that kept me like, mm, I should do this. Is he said that the movie ended up where it should, and I was like, Wow, wow, where it, where it should be. So after we made the movie, we had a lunch, and this is a funny story. Uh, we went to this uh, pl- this uh, coffee shop and nobody would get the fuck out of there. You know how everyone's sitting there with like just a water and they yeah. take all the booths? We early too. I was like, you gotta be fucking You gotta be me. fucking kidding me. So we start getting desperate and, and I'm shy and I'm like, Jen, start offering people money to get out of their seats. <laughs> so I go to table and be like, would you move? And they're like, no, actually I'm sitting here and I'm sipping my water and I'm, and it's like, Milton I'll give you 50 face. bucks to leave. And they're like, no. And it was like, what? 50 bucks yep. to leave. Wait. And last girl, I'm like, 50 bucks to leave and uh, she doesn't say yes but she looks over and Sylv's like give me a hundred and I go over to her and I'm like excuse me I saw you look over at the 50 and I know 50 isn't enough for you if I give you a hundred dollars will you leave and she's like yeah (laughs) but then she starts to be like oh I'll just take the 50 I'm like no take a hundred dollars and leave right now and get out of here and I said um you have no idea what I'm about to do. I've worked my whole life to sit at this table with somebody, and I am so sorry. Yeah. I couldn't find a vacant table. You have to get out of here. Yeah. And then she was like, who is it? And I was like, well, I, I don't want to make a big deal, but it's it's David Cronenberg. And she's like, who? No. So we killed her and like, put her in the dumpster. So I killed her. Took her $100 <laughs> back. Yeah. But yeah. then when David came in, which, by the way, you're like... Yeah, and he he sat down with us, and the first thing he did, which was super cool, uh, he has a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had one for a while. It's the reason why he kept being able to make uh, film, and he, he tuned it in so he could just hear us. Oh, <laughs> that's that's kind of a, a special superpower. That was probably the most everyone. romantic moment of my <laughs> life. That David Cronenberg adjusted his hearing aid so just you two. That's incredible. We got to talk about Dead Ringers. We got to talk about, you know, the joys and pains of his making movies. We got to tell him the joys and pains of making Rabbit for him. And it was crazy because he had heard so much about us. We didn't have to make Rabbit. He already respected us and he wanted to meet us. And I was like, 
what? I wish I had the balls to be like, you want to do coffee? <laughs> yeah. You want to do coffee? I don't know. Like, That's ladies, how... you didn't need to do all this. You didn't have to do all that. <laughs> That's how I get coffee with someone. I'll make an entire movie as an homage <laughs> and tribute love letter to them and be like, can I have a coffee with you? Thank you. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> That's how social interactions work, right? Yeah, pretty much. At our level, I mean, yeah. hashtag awkward. Yeah, <laughs> pretty awkward. Okay, so there's a segment I'm starting to do on this that you and I are really going to connect on, okay. which is I want to talk about your worst day job experiences. And Sylvia <gasps> and I used to work yes. at a woman's shoe store together. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, well, but it was a horrible job, but it was heaven because we had a great time. Okay. The best was that there was uh, – so Kevy would do a lot of the stocking, and uh, we had a bunch of, like, little chicks there working. So all the fucking rapists would come in there and be like, I'm going to bother this poor poor girl who's by herself. And then fucking six-foot Kevy comes out, and they're like, ah! <gasps> I thought this was shoe rape store. I'm sorry. Y'all got to tell them about the game. The, the game was good. The okay. game. Okay. So, uh, so great way to pass time and also waste time. And, uh, you know, it was a social experiment. I felt we were learning about humanity and we were also giving back to the community. <laughs> so uh, we had a, a game where we took change and left it outside the store. But we wanted to make sure it was something worth enough money that you would bend down and pick it up. But not enough money that if it was sticky, you would keep it. <laughs> And that's, it was sticky on one end. We put yeah. sweet, sweet and sour, sour sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was always a quarter because a, a dollar they would keep. A quarter is the perfect amount yeah. to bail on it after you realize it's going to be. disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you'll definitely bend over for a quarter. I mean, because of Scrooge McDuck and his, <laughs> luck, his lucky number one dime, I always pick up Great dimes. Great DuckTales reference. Yeah. Um, you love money. <laughs> You love money. Kevin and I hate it. We throw it yeah, on the street. Like, get out. rid of it. Hey, remember I remember. when we were walking through LA and I threw that chain? Yeah. yeah free money. <laughs> free <laughs> money. Who needs money. it? Coolest I've ever been. You were so cool. You're constantly cool. Thank you. I think the same about you two. The people picking the change up off the street was really touched by your generosity. Well, they had to dodge cars. We wanted them to feel like they had a job. Well, we were leaving the WWE office. <laughs> yeah. Something cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it was people from the office running it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we were working on see no evil too yeah. and we did vendetta yeah. which could have been called face punch the movie because they took out all the jokes and anything sensitive because they kept saying it was too gay <laughs> I'm and sorry. i was like there's no okay first of all we had one woman and we murdered her savagely you <laughs> yeah. guys were so down for that that was the movie we agreed on and then we're in men's prison and in the shower and then someone comes over and they're like this is too gay the ship has left the station like and yeah. first you of know all what else is a little gay professional wrestling <laughs> let's be honest like i how I, I don't know what you mean i always used to watch i didn't know straight people watched it <laughs> me too when i was watching them like press against each other and roman reigns when he pins someone and flicks his hair back like a slutty little mermaid i'm like is this one of men? my favorite moments of jen is i'm backstage at like a summer slam or something and, and kane is it there glenn summertime. and he's totally normal and we're watching roman reigns who is he wrestling Randy Orton. Oh, my God. It was like my fantasy. It was so like prison break boyfriend and Roman, who I call slutty undertaker, who can't talk. And she's talking like that next to Glenn. And he goes, and he's he's the most conservative, nicest Christian loving man in the world. He's like, oh, my Jen. Jennifer. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my Jennifer. goodness. You don't say oh that. Oh, my goodness. And then he goes, you don't say that when I wrestle, do you? Oh, no, Glenn. Never when you wrestle the undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin was at my other side, Goldust, who yeah. actually got up. So he was like, "Oh, sit here!" Like oh. such, such a good man, such a great actor. He was are. laughing his ass off. That's yeah. why such good running mates. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so. Have you been watching AEW? Are you a big wrestling guy? 
Uh, I'm I'm off the grid with it. Okay. I don't even know what that is. What's that? Oh. It's all elite wrestling, okay. and uh, it started up by uh, Gold, Cody Rhodes, Goldust's brother. He was oh, being mistreated okay. in the WWE, and he was talking. And their pedigree, their father is a huge deal, and he was mm-hmm. talking about that. This isn't what he wants to do. He wants to actually do something. Mm-hmm. So he joined with this other billionaire and made his own fucking federation. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It's more like a federation for the performers. Like it's very respectful. it's creatively like inclusive of them Mm -hmm. it cares about their health a little bit more but it's also adult like so there's blood there's swearing there's everything um and cody and goldust had this brother match and it was un-fucking-believable and i i swear it's one of the best wrestling matches i've ever seen in my life the kind of passion in that and the thing is cody took a huge risk doing that yeah and that's and he did it before anybody was even talking about wwe or problems there or anything mm-hmm. and then Goldust, uh, dustin who's been there for so many years he took a huge chance leaving yeah. and then going into that yeah. and it made you could tell the emotion you could tell yeah. how much they've been giving for this like yeah. they're not like you see just like a fraction of who they are on that show and i think that's frustrating for people because they get trapped yeah. in decades and they're like i'm more i got more to show you cody's last gimmick was he had a mustache <laughs> i'm not even joking like this is such an incredible athlete he comes from a yeah. wrestling family yeah and they just give him a mustache and say, that's what we're doing with you. Oh, man. So now you and I are going to, I want to join that federation. I, I want to love to. I want to go in there yeah. at any time. I would love to announce All Elite Wrestling. I would mm. like to do movies for the All Elite Wrestlers. Yep. Yeah. And there's a great wrestler in Rabid. <gasps> the Phil best in the Brooks world. And, uh, and his wife, April Mendes. They're both in it. Yeah. Um, it's Maybe known to you people as CM Punk and AJ CM Lee. Punk. They are the shit. So crazy story. Mm -hmm. One day my phone goes insane when I still had the Twitter. (laughs) And CM Punk tweeted about Dead Hooker in a trunk and and Hobo with a shotgun. And he said he was doing a double feature. Oh, awesome. And I'm like, what's happening? I can't even look at my phone. It's going so insane. And then all all, all these people want to follow us and like us and everything. I find out later that not only did he do that, he took American Mary and gave it around to all the guys who liked horror back Whoa. there and was like that. So when we came and started working for Senior Oval 2, he was like, what? You guys are making a movie with the twins, but it's not with me. Yeah. But, you know, that was very typical for WWE with the punk because they were like, yeah. oh, my God, that guy's so talented. Can we destroy him? No. <laughs> He's not Brock Lesnar. Don't let him do anything. Don't let him do anything. He's smart. He knows what he like that. I mean, He's... friends of ours got so, who are so talented and charismatic. were just given oh, like, yeah. little roles. Oh, and my God. Shoved off yeah, to the side. So terribly like Summer and Emma. That exactly. was before the women's revolution. That's exactly like, what I'm talking about. It, you know, so, they work so hard. and So hard. They actually care. They're in the mm-hmm. gym constantly. Yep. They're not doing the little like fucking gimmicks, but that was the thing. They They're didn't... real wrestlers. They were real wrestlers. Yeah. They weren't dancers slash strippers. And then they make Danielle be someone's girlfriend, and it's like, <laughs> come on. All right. Yeah, and then they don't, they're like, I don't know where to put her other than that. She yeah. pulled the best faces. Like, if you watch wrestling, yeah. that's a, that's the thing. And yeah. she was she was a fan. She knew it. She, she knew it inside out. It. Yeah, she obsessed with it. And she worked so hard she to get does. there. She even yeah. told me about her story when she mm-hmm. was working as a booth babe at a Comic Con, and she was dressed in like a little Captain America thing. And she went to Jerry the King Lawler and said, "I want to be a wrestler." And he's like, "Ha ha ha, sure, sweetie." And she's like, "No." 
I want to be a wrestler. Yeah. Didn't take her seriously then. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. I want to make like a like a female Expendables, but take all the chicks from wrestling that they didn't get appreciated and just make a super action movie. Because be incredible. Uh, we'll try. That could totally work. I will. I mean, they just did it with it's with Ocean's movie. Why would you not do oh. with Expendables? The Oceans movie was, yeah. Oh, Expendables is actually the same company that hired Brian Singer for Red Sonja. <laughs> Millennium. And I'll tell you something. I had a meeting with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how you talk about, like, the little, like, the greasy, disgusting, like, producer? That... Yeah. So one of those uh, lady directors that I tried to help that I found out used her vagina to open doors, uh, she introduced <laughs> Jennifer and me to this person who, of course, was like, oh, twins, they're both going to suck my dick, right? <laughs> And they took us to the saddle ranch on Sunset, you know, the one with yep. the, the thing. And they're like, maybe if, you guys should go on the bull. I'm uh, like, if you're having a meeting at the saddle ranch, fucking leave. Fucking leave. <laughs> I thought they were doing the whole <laughs> eating all the food and talking. <laughs> I, was, I had heard so many Harvey Weinstein stories before. Now that was the closest I got to something like that. I was like, oh, my gosh. It always confuses me. How can those fat fucks eat so much on so much cocaine? <laughs> No, that's ah, right. It's their dicks that How? don't work on cocaine, my friend. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> Except if Harvey jerks off into a plant, that's fine. The plant. Oh my the god! Plant did we it all gotta have a Big fan make... of agriculture. When he comes back, <laughs> when he comes back, let's make a short film and called called the plant, and it's just about him jerking <laughs> off into it. What if we find out that plant's the most potent plant in the world? <laughs> <laughs> the, plant. the plant is starring in the new Disney superhero movie. <laughs> it could yeah. be. Yeah. Well, it depends on its anyway. agent, right? <laughs> it's all who you know. It's with CAA, the pimp agency. Oops, too much information. Yeah. Well, back to CM Punk. He's like killing it. He's also starring as the girl on the third floor, so, uh, which is playing Sunday at Fright Fest. And then Monday, wow. Rabbit is playing. Sure. And he he loves horror movies so much. Yeah. And he's so humble. Like I was talking to him the other day. He's like, well, I'm not, I don't know. And like, I don't know how people feel about that. I was like, did someone forget to tell you who you are? Like, yeah, like, but I think working at the WWE, you yeah. get you get crushed, and those guys they just so hard on everybody. The, Not the fair. new um, the new deal you have with the Cronenberg team. Can we we have yeah, absolutely. I am so happy. I did uh, honestly have maybe the worst experience of my life making Rabbit, and I didn't yeah. think I was going to continue making films. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was we're, actually actually we were before through it, but I didn't realize it was. Like, no, it was, yeah. it was so, so, so bad. And, and even you know, before Rabid, we were considering not making movies again. Yeah, because yeah. we were talking about our experiences. And, you know, there's a lot of Me Too discussion, but there's not a lot of changes. And it's not just sexual harassment. There's straight up bullying. And mm-hmm. it comes from the people up top. And when the director is tasked with creating a safe and respectful work environment, yeah. it's actually the producer's job. I never even realized that was a producer's job until mm-hmm. I met Martin Katz and Karen Wookie of Prospero Pictures. Mm-hmm. And we brought them to a first uh, screening, uh, which was just private, just for cast, crew, sound, and everything, yeah. uh, of Rabid. And they loved it so much, we now work exclusively with them. Great. Yeah. They, uh, Martin took on working with David in his most recent productions. I know David himself has always struggled to have somebody who understands his vision and supports his talent. Yeah. And uh, A Dangerous Method, Eastern Promises, A History of Violence, wow. Cosmopolis, the, uh, uh, Maps to the Stars. Those were all done with Martin. And you can see that there is a certain relaxation in David's work now you can feel that he can tell his story and I'm very excited to be working with Martin because the first picture that we're working to make is Bob 
And Finally. Uh, that was a script we wrote. How uh, long ago? We wrote when Same we wrote American Mary. Mary because people said, we aren't going to make this body horror movie. Can you make a movie about monsters instead? And then they said, oh, no, let's look at the body horror one instead. Yeah, this one's talking too about fun, Bob for 10 years, I think. Yes. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Easily, easily. And it's such an important movie that it's about letting go of that horrible shit that keeps you from living your life, those yeah. horrible people. And it's funny, it comes at a time that I need to make that movie for me. I wanted yeah. to make it for everyone before, and now I have to make it for myself. Wow. But it's kind of exciting that it is happening with the right people. Like, I feel a lot of the time, a lot of our efforts were fighting to make this movie that I thought we all agreed to make in the first place. Yeah. And now to have people fighting to make the same movie, it's weird to me. Yeah. Like, I had people say that you'll never make Bob. That's a piece of trash. You'll never you'll never work again. That's totally. one of the worst scripts. I had actors from American Mary that bullied their way into a role that, that would go around publicly smashing that movie and oh. saying that we were shit. And, uh, I, I never gave up on that movie. There was one person we even mm. pitched that script to, and he said, you can't have a monster movie. Make it two slutty twins that appear to him and tell him what to do. Like, and now, so Bob, the script has not changed a single word, but Martin Katz has passed it around, and everyone is fighting over who gets to make this film. Good. And they say it's brilliant. There's companies that are like, I've been waiting my entire career to find this movie so that we could make it. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, if you have the right people around you, mm -hmm. Martin and Karen also have a rule, I don't work with assholes anymore. Yeah. Amazing. That's ours, too. Yeah. That's the ours, too. It gets smaller. It does. I feel it's so just the small. three of us, but uh, we we lived to 36, so we're okay. I don't we're even okay. want to make friends not through you. I just want to be friends <laughs> with all those kittens that you're playing with all the time. Yeah. That's going to be my kittens. new social circle. Just <laughs> And then what about uh, Black Widow? That was really exciting. The comic you've written for Marvel? So, yeah. Let's do cool shit. This is a funny story. Uh, so Jennifer and I were shopping and my phone goes off. It's Marvel. So I run outside and start screaming like, ah! As you do when Marvel calls. And, and it's my, your whole life. Yeah. And it's yeah. my editor, Jake, who, who, Jake Thomas is the only reason that I've kept working in Marvel. And that's because our friend Lauren Stankovich uh, introduced us at Comic-Con when we were Temporarily attached to Painkiller Chain, then reattached, and God knows what. Anyways, uh, he he loved our stuff, and she really stood up for us. And uh, they had this first comic that was a Secret Wars journal, and it was about Night Nurse. And they're like, "You get ten pages," and I was like, "Oh my God!" And yeah. I was like, "Can I put?" I had Doctor Strange in there because they were lovers at one point. We had Daredevil, but we even had um. Uh, uh, Mephisto but you know some of the characters were busy because like the whole universe was ripping apart they're like yeah. you get Night Nurse and you got one frame with the Daredevil and you can mention Doctor Strange I'm can like, we have oh. the techno-organic virus and they're like weird callback but okay and it was it was so cool but I never thought I'd be able to write another comic so we, we drew the little panel we drew everything we did every little thing and uh, what I didn't know later is it was considered one of the best short stories of the year and oh. it was up for like an award and I was Holy. like oh that's so cool and then uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, dropped out of a Guardians of the Galaxy comic. And when Neil deGrasse Tyson isn't available, you're like, oh, better call the twins. <laughs> and so we did this really cool story with uh, Rocket, Star-Lord, and Kitty Pride called uh, the Ripley because they're joking about the watching aliens and they're like, I'm the Ripley. And they're like, no, you're Jones. And Rocket's like, no, I'm the motherfucking Ripley. And it, it was like really tongue-in-cheek and cute. And and then the dream happened. I was making uh, Rabbit, and I get a call, and they're like, we're doing a horror special. Are you free right now? And we look at our busy production office and go, yes, 
what is it? <laughs> and they say that we're, we want to do like, you know, horror spins and you can even use main characters. Like you could do Spider-Man, the fly. Wow. And we start and like, well, you're not going to let us use like Captain America or Tony Stark. And they're like, oh yeah. And we start joking because we're making rap and we're like, yeah, we should do Captain America like Marilyn Chambers. And we're like, well, it makes more sense if it was a thing because they find him in ice. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. That's absolutely what you guys should do. <laughs> and they go, and I, they, we go, well, he's going to need two mercenaries with him. And if you know me, and Jake, poor Jake, Jake, while during our friendship, went from editing what he does to being the editor of Deadpool, which means we have an, un, there's a there's a Deadpool in the room. I fucking love Deadpool. I've been yeah. gunning for him forever. And yeah. I go, Jake, do you think Deadpool could be there? And he's like, sure. <laughs> I love Jake. I think half the things he does is he edits out all our gay jokes. <laughs> because, uh, wow, that that one was just... It between, was like an episode of Queers Between Colossus and Deadpool and Tony and Steve, I mean, it was just so... Mm, there's still moments there. There's one joke that was taken out because Deadpool says... When I wanted to be, said I wanted to be Captain America, this isn't what I meant because he's kind of absorbing him like the shunting in society. <laughs> okay. The original joke was when I said I wanted to be inside Captain America, this isn't what I meant. <laughs> I can see why they censored that. But for your peace of mind, everyone. So, so then, anyways, I get the phone call and Jake goes, girls, Black Widow has an opening in her schedule. We are looking for writers and... What happened in the movies is they made her so soft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not reflective of what she was in the comics. And like, can you girls make something hard? So we. At this point, <laughs> there were a few storylines we had pitched that just didn't go anywhere. We had an Electra Mortal Kombat storyline. Where she became ninja businesswoman? Yeah, where she became like a dragon lady <laughs> and took over like the hand. And everyone was like, uh, that doesn't really fit into what Daredevil, Bullseye, and Kingpinning are doing. And I'm like, who the fuck cares? Everyone yeah. there cared very much. <laughs> everyone cares very much. <laughs> so then I was like, we need to do a gay storyline. There's this cute little young couple, Wiccan and Hulkling. <sighs> and one the of them Avengers. was like massively depressed and he was going to kill himself and then his boyfriend like because their teammate died in front of them and his mm. boyfriend like proposed to him and I'm like I want to write the series going up to them getting married and them being like a young couple and gay in Hollywood mm. and they're like not time to do a gay comic and then they did Iceman with a much gayer writer than me and I was like oh okay <laughs> okay and then we wrote the Black Widow story of all stories where she goes to magic. You missed the Deadpool that got rejected oh I didn't want to even talk about it <laughs> Go ahead. I wrote a Deadpool after we got rejected for the movie, they were like, "Happy birthday, Deadpool!" They, yeah, it was "Happy birthday, Deadpool!" because they make him so nice. They make him so nice, and, and he's a fucking killer. And he yeah. does. And I, it was about him doing something that, in his mind at the time, seemed good. But at the end, you're like, "What a fucking monster!" Wow. And it was. I love. I love doing that kind of thing, yeah. but I don't. I don't, I don't know what happened there. They eventually sent an email being like, we're not making Deadpool comics anymore. And, and then like, I saw two people make Deadpool comics and one ah. of them asked to work with me. And I was like, I cannot work really? with him right now. I cannot. And it's Come nothing on, personal. Guys. I don't even know it's good for them. So, oh, the, I know. so, so we did this Black Widow kills pedophile story uh, because it's very much in the tune of she was in a red room and she was trained as a child and she was abused to be broken into this yeah. this warrior. And she really empathizes because she's a she's a killer and she doesn't give a shit about it. Mm -hmm. But she's also very maternal. She loves children. She'd lay her life down for her friends any day. Yeah. And they said, mm, 
too hard for Marvel. But then they come back to us and say, we're doing the story. And they say, there's going to be some changes. I'm like, oh, we're like, oh, they're going to take out the pedophiles. It's like way too hardcore. And they're like, Black Widow actually died. So she just came back from life and she's a clone, just so you know. And I'm like, <laughs> and I think they said, uh, you can't use Domino. And that was it. Yeah, was- we wanted Dom. But, but then uh, Gail Simone, who does Domino, brought her Black Widow over to there. And then she was so sweet. She's, she's if you don't know her, she's like, shit for writing Gail Deadpool. Simone writes Deadpool so Sylvia she writes everything her. awesome but her Deadpool gets she's me off anyhow <laughs> sorry Gail you Gail you know this she must have known and she said the nicest compliment she said after she read our black widow she started writing her widow like our widow which wow. I was like holy shit I, I got accepted <laughs> so it's called No Restraints Play and uh, the fucked up thing about it is it's uh, based on a real story called No Limits Fun, mm-hmm. which is about this disgusting person, I believe in Australia, yeah. who would capture third world kids and have them sold because they're poor and torture and rape them to mm-hmm. death. And there is a video called Daisy's Destruction. Yeah. That was the thing that eventually got him taken down. And he actually said he wasn't going to be uh, telling everyone all the details of his crimes. He's writing a book. Wow. And that's where it's going to be all in. So I, that when I see something horrible, I mean, people are upset about what ethnicity the Little Mermaid is. She looks exactly like Ariel. I don't know what anyone's <laughs> saying. Like she looks the exact same. I like, couldn't look believe at her, her like eyes and her nose. I was like, that looks like. I think she's a cartoon come to life. We actually, be alarmed because she looks like she was created in a Disney lab. Like she like. I don't has think we're little... allowed to talk about beep, the Disney beep. labs. No, we're not allowed oh, to talk sorry. about the. Sorry, Saint Disney. Mauschwitz. Mauschwitz. Where were we? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But I was talking about these real wheel Earl's issues really piss me off. And oh. we really kind of look the wrong direction. So yeah. the fact we were able to write that story for Marvel, mm-hmm. I know that we haven't been asked to continue writing Black Widow because I'm sure some people are like, hmm, <laughs> I don't know if we want her doing that. I Did also- Black Widow just kill pedophiles with a machete? <laughs> I will also say that their Black Widow was going to be a rated R movie until our comic came up. I'm going to take full accountability for them they, being like, ah, no. standards and practices came because they're doing a Black Widow movie. And they looked at issue two and that was Jen's fault. I have that one. <gasps> There's a great moment. You know when she stands on top of the car and points at them? Yeah. What actually happens is she goes into the back and she takes out gas cans and she sets them all on fire and says this is what happens and she walks away while they're all burning and they said um she can't do that i'm like why can frank castle do that i'm like well frank castle's frank castle and i'm like well the black widow is woman yeah yeah. is woman frank castle like she's harder than frank frank had a family she's never had anything wow it was fun it's so amazing you you got to do that though thank you i am so proud of it i hope they bring us back i I hope they they do they'd be smart they'd be smart to do that I think at the end of the month, the full collection is coming July 30th. Yes, that it is. That you can get all five issues. Yeah. yeah, it's only $9.99. It's only $9.99. That's buy a bunch. insane. Buy a please bunch. buy so many and please mail them all to Brian Singer. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it's been an hour. <gasps> I know, getting us to shut up is the real trick. Thank you for listening to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I've been your host, Kevy. Thank you to Jen and Sylvia Soska for coming on and talking about their movie, Rabid. And their Marvel comic book Black Widow. Go get it. Make sure to follow us on all our social media at Comedy Here Often on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And next week, my guest will be Shirley Gnome. Thank you very much. Bye.